We all want to feel like we belong, but sometimes it's challenging to find connection in our living spaces, neighborhoods, communities, and relationships. On Home Where You Belong, we're here to change that. Hear stories of people from different backgrounds and from different places and how they've been able to feel more at home to help give you a renewed sense of connection, belonging, and optimism. Welcome to Home Where You Belong with your host, Chip Alford. Define your vision, declutter, thrive. That's the winning formula Lindsay Hardegree uses to help clients create their ideal life by organizing their homes and businesses. An Atlanta-based professional organizer and productivity specialist trained and certified by best-selling author Marie Kondo, Lindsay is Georgia's first certified Marie consultant. Through her company, Get Organized, y'all, she shows individuals, families, and companies how to spend less time dealing with clutter and disorganization and more time accomplishing the things that matter to them. Welcome, Lindsay, to Home Where You Belong. I really appreciate you taking time out to join us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, when did you first get interested in organizing things? Did, do you have a specific memory of that? So I've always been one of those people that likes to kind of organize things. Doesn't necessarily mean I've always been an organized person. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where I had, you know, all of the the folders and trapper keepers and pencil cases when I was a kid, but my room was a complete disaster. Um, <laughs> you were selective so, um, about what you organized. Exactly. Well, it's the things that I was interested in, uh-huh. um, is I think kind of the, the theme there. Um but yeah, the, one of the earliest things that I do remember organizing where it's like, this is a little different than just excited about school supplies um, <laughs> was when I was, um, I was probably about seven or eight years old. And in school, we had been learning about the colors of the rainbow. Uh-huh. And, you know, they give you that little acronym to try to remember what order the colors go in. Roy G. Biv, which I very much thought was the name of a person for a long time. Absolutely. And um, I came home and I said, I am going to make all of my clothes be in that order. (laughs) And I started pulling things out, which, you know, at that age, I couldn't quite reach everything. I made a big mess. There were hangers everywhere. (laughs) Um, My mother was a really good sport about the whole thing. But that was the first thing that I, I truly like organized for myself was getting my closet in rainbow order, which to this day, my closet that is still in rainbow order. It's that's just, a, that's, that is how my clothes work. It has my whole life. That's um, But amazing. yeah, so that, that, you know, keeping all of my books in order on the shelf, like the things that were important to me um, were the things that I wanted to know exactly where they were. And that's kind of what started the whole thing. <laughs> it makes sense. I'm looking, I'm looking at Lindsay now, we're doing this interview via Zoom and I can see a uh, a bookcase behind her, very, very organized. Did you really sort your bookshelves according to Library of Congress call numbers? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the books that you see behind me, this this is my, my, my personal library. I actually moved this summer and I didn't have uh, one big library space in my other house. And so this is like my favorite room in the house now. I bet. Um, but yeah, I, so I have a variety of things that I am interested in. Um, I I'm currently working on my doctorate. I have a few uh, graduate degrees. I also just love to read. It's it's my favorite hobby. Um, and so when I was in uh, undergrad, I you know worked was going to the library for research papers and things like that. And that was my first introduction to the Library of Congress call number system. It was different than the Dewey Decimal System, which is what you know yeah, a lot of which I libraries or school <laughs> libraries have. Um, Back in my day, it just made so much. 
much sense because if you look at the way that Library of Congress call numbers work, they group things by really big category sure. and then they go to subcategory and then even further. So as long as you've got things in that order, it, all of the things that are similar to each other will be grouped together. Um, and so, uh, and oh gosh, what was that? Maybe 2007, I discovered um, a, so a software a website. It's called Library Thing. It's a free website and it helps you to catalog your books. You can put in the little ISBN codes that are on the back and it will give you all, you can sort it however you want to. If you want to sort by author's last name or the date that you bought it or whatever it is. Um, but one of the things that you can sort by is the call number. And so I took the time to put all the books I owned at that time into the system. And just ever since then, when I get a new book, I add it in and I, I know exactly where it goes on the shelf. It takes me two seconds to find anything I need in a library of more than a thousand books. Which so it's a time, time saver. Yeah. Writing. So yeah, what, yeah. Tell, tell us the name of that website or thing again. What was it called? Yeah, library thing. Library um, thing. So like, like T-H-I-N-G. It's <laughs> okay. just librarything.com. It's an amazing website. It's, That's great. Um, the, the design is a little old school, um, but the functionality is incredibly powerful. A lot of small um, organizations use it, church libraries, oh, yeah. uh, small public libraries. Um, so uh, yeah, anybody who's looking to kind of keep a system where their books are, you know, organized or, or even just having an inventory of your books, that's a great way to do it. So it sounds like you've been interested in home organization and productivity for a long time. How, how do you see those two things as being related? I think that the, the common theme really is how we order our lives, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, um, sure. And how doing that with intention, um, many people think that, oh, being organized is about things looking good or having a particular like system of bins and things like that. Um, but when you do it that way, when you're really approaching it more from an aesthetic standpoint, you're not actually getting into how you live your life and what you should do in your home to make it easier for you to live your life. Hmm. And so really thinking about getting in there and decluttering with the intention of making your life more robust, more meaningful, creating the space and the opportunity for you to be able to do the things that you would like to do, that makes you think about organizing in a very different way. And I think productivity is the exact same process but when it comes to things like our calendar, so how we are intentionally spending our time and decluttering the things that are keeping us from what we really want to be doing, how we are using our spaces uh, digitally. So thinking about the way that your computer is organized or the things that you've got on your phone, it really is approaching how we structure our lives from a place of intentionality so that you're not just kind of doing the things that get shoved in front of you. You're, you're actually taking the time to evaluate and decide, is this important to me? Does this have a purpose? Is this something that I can see contributing to my overall goals and the things that I value? And if so, I need to find a very intentional way and space for that to be a part of my life. So it's, it's kind of in my mind, you know, not to get like too far afield, but it's, it's almost like a deeply spiritual practice mm. to be able to order your life through 
home organization and productivity processes. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I know you were you were trained and I think became Georgia's first Marie consultant. Um, did, did you meet Marie Kondo? I guess maybe to back up a second, could you just tell us a little bit for anyone who doesn't know who Marie Kondo is or hasn't seen her show on Netflix or read her books? Uh, tell us a little bit about her and then what was the experience like getting trained as a consultant in that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because now, you know, in, in this like after COVID world, mm. I think that the way that they train consultants looks a little bit different. So I was very okay. fortunate to have the opportunity to do that pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> so uh, Marie Kondo, for those who are unfamiliar, um, is a professional organizer. She is uh, from Japan and she wrote a book maybe in 2016. Um, right, well, she wrote it earlier than that. It was published in the U.S., I should say, in about 2016, mm. uh, called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And what it really kind of details and outlines is that intentional process that I was just talking about. Okay. It is really about saying, what is it that matters most to you? What is your vision for your life? What is the thing that sparks joy for you? And that's really what that term sparks joy means. It doesn't mean that you get giddy and excited about the things that you own. It's really about what is that internal spark of joy that comes from living the life that you intend to live? And how do you make sure that the things that you own are held up to that metric and are able to uh, support you in that vision for your life? How, how does and that? So that's what her process is about, is decluttering the things that don't spark joy so uh, that okay. everything sparks joy. Okay. I think you just answered. I was going to ask, so how does knowing what sparks joy, how does that, what's the end result or the positive? positive yeah. Thing? It's, it's um, when I'm working with clients on the Kamari method, um, I, I always start the process the first day that we are getting together to work together um, with asking them a whole bunch of questions mm. about what is it that you want for your life. And I don't just want you to say, oh, well, my room's really messy, so I'd like <laughs> to get it clean. Or I, the kitchen counters are driving me bonkers. I'd really like them to be clear. Those are things that are important. And I, I do take all of that into consideration. But when we start to think about it, it's, well, why are the kitchen counters so cluttered? Is it because you've got so much going on in your life that you don't have time to find homes for things? Is it that all of those things in your life, do they actually contribute to your life or are they all of the things you signed up for and then never decluttered mm -hmm. a hobby or decluttered a, a book club or, you know, whatever the case may be, when you really think through how you want to live your life, then we need to figure out how the things that you own support that. And so that process of identifying what sparks joy for you, then I can say to them, as we sort through literally every single thing that they own and say, does this thing support your vision for your life? And for a lot of people, I don't even use the terminology sparks joy. <laughs> That's almost like placeholder language to mm -hmm. me because different things are going to resonate with different people. Sure. So some of my clients say that they're really looking for a life of peace some people say that they're looking for a life that is uncomplicated. Some people say <laughs> that they are looking for uh, something that is going to create sanctuary at home because uh -huh. work is so demanding and they're constantly making decisions. So they need to declutter the decision-making process at home. So really identifying what is it that is going to help that person achieve what they want. That's what spark joy means. And so that's really what Marie's method is about is, having the intentionality behind decluttering and then a systematic way of going through all of the things that you own 
so that you are working through things that are a little easier to go through first and slowly working your way up to the hard stuff like sentimental items and then living your life, just enjoying it. Like the very last thing you do in the Kanmari method is to get the cute little bins and boxes and organize (laughs) things. You have to declutter first. You have to do the work first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, I was trained to do that in 2019. Um, It was a, a great process. I did get to meet Marie she is a uh, delightful person. She is one of the tiniest people I have ever met. I felt like an absolute giant next to her because she is just such a petite, lovely little woman. Um, but it was great to get to meet her and to meet her team and to really uh, see people who literally from across the world were there to learn from her. So um, it was exciting to get to be a part of that and then to be the first consultant in the state of Georgia um, where, where we now have, I think, five or six consultants in our state. So um, it's been great to be a part of that community. That's awesome. So as you're going through this process with, with clients and they're, you know, finding out what sparks joy or is important to them and their lifestyle, um, they're getting rid of, they're usually hopefully getting rid of some things, uh, either donating or, um, you know, sometimes throwing away if it's appropriate or whatever. When I've done that, it kind of uh, has resulted in kind of a some energy to me, or mm-hmm. there's a, a positive side. Can you talk to me a little bit about the benefits of going through that process and what it can do for people? Yeah. Um, I think that the thing that I hear the most frequently from people is just how freeing mm. it makes them feel. It's almost like the stuff that was <laughs> in the back of a drawer and behind the stuff in the closet and hiding in the corner or on the shelf at the top of the garage, you know, all of those things that you never got to anyway, they were a burden. Mm. It was the weight of somebody's expectations for you that were not your own or a thing that you thought you were going to be with your life. Mm-hmm. And then you took a different path. Um, it is lots of people have things that other people have given to them and they don't want them but they either don't know what to do with them or they feel guilty about getting rid of them. So basically by keeping them, they are keeping the weight of the Uh, guilt of not wanting the item when they could just let it go. Um, it's, it is, it's amazing to me to hear how people talk about living their lives once they've gone through this process and the change that winds up happening as a result of that. So I have had multiple people who I've worked with, they move to a new home after we've done this process. They start new relationships or they've ended relationships that needed to end. They've found new jobs. That's it's interesting to see how once you get rid of all of this physical noise, it creates the space for you to then evaluate the things that are happening in your life. It's less distraction. Whether they meet your intention. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, one of the things you that I believe the Marie method talks about is it's important to define your vision. Um, you, you talked about this a little bit already, but what is, what does that mean? And do, do clients typically resist or do you have to do a lot of explaining about that or do they usually just jump in and want to do it? it, it it's a little bit of a mixture. Um, most people that they, they intellectually understand what we're talking about, sure. but they don't necessarily feel it in their heart yet, which it, that's makes sense. We're at the beginning of the process. They haven't gone through it yet. So right. I'm totally expecting that to be where they're at. Um, so when we start, most of the time, their vision is very focused on what they want their house to look like. 
that mm. is as far as they often are willing to go. So I have some, you know, questions that I ask, kind of probe a little bit deeper, try to tease out as much as I can, fully acknowledging that we are on day one, mm. minute one of our relationship. And I let them know, okay, so here's what I have heard you say that your vision is. And I try to identify a couple of specific words, not like big, long sentences and phrases. I want some very specific words because I'm going to keep using them over and over again. Um, for instance, I had a client I started working with for the first time last week. And his word that came up for him is that he wanted things to be comfortable and convenient. Mm. And so as we were going through his clothing, when he got stuck on something, I said, you know, does this really feel like something that fits into that comfortable category? Or is this something that is convenient for you to wear? Or is this something that is very complicated? And so you're not going to wear it because it's not convenient. And so I wasn't asking him, does the jacket spark joy? Those were the words that I was using. <laughs> so it, help, um, it helps so with the selection process or deselection. Yes. Oh, process. very much so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that is um, the kind of the beginning of identifying that vision as we go through the process they will absolutely refine what mm. that looks like. There will be things that keep coming up for them that they hadn't thought of before. And I'm like, well, it really sounds like this is something that's important to you. Is this a part of your vision? Or they'll have said something was a part of their vision, but when we really start to drill in, it's actually that that was covering for something else. Mm. And this is the thing that we really need to be evaluating based on. So that's it's a kind of a, an iterative process, I guess you could say. And I do try to remember to take some notes after each of my sessions, because this is really important stuff mm -hmm. for them. And my role as the consultant is really to be an accountability partner for them and to not say, this is how you should do things, but really this is what you said you wanted to do. And I'm going to help hold you accountable to the thing that you said that you wanted that really winds up being my role is helping them to do the work for themselves. You're setting them so up. so much better a... than me going in and doing it because yeah. we're teaching a life skill that they're then going to have for the rest of their life. It's not something where, you know, two years later, they have to call me and we have to start all over again. That's not the goal of working together. It's like teaching them to fish versus just bringing them Captain D's every 100%, week. percent, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier COVID and, and all of us during that, hopefully the worst of the pandemic is behind us, but, um, you know, a lot, there was a lot more working virtually or, or do you do both in person sessions around where you live and virtual? And, and what would you say is like the percentage breakdown of one or the other? Yeah. So I actually pre COVID, um, I did not do virtual sessions. It is something that a lot of consultants were already doing. Mm -hmm. So that was actually not a new thing because of COVID but I personally had not done them. I, I wasn't 100% sure that I could have the deep connection with people that I knew that I needed through the virtual platform. And then COVID hit and I had no choice. There was about a year and a half where I didn't do any in-person sessions. Mm. I wasn't able to do anything. Just, um, I've got some, uh, my dad is immune compromised. Mm. And so I just made it a rule. I was not gonna go and do sessions with people until we had a vaccine. Sure. And so as soon as I was, you know, had my second dose of the vaccine, I was back in people's houses, you know, masked and everything like that. But there was a, a, a almost a year and a half where I couldn't. And so I had to switch to doing in-person or uh, virtual sessions if I was going to keep doing this work. 
And I was surprised at how well I could connect with people using Zoom. Sure. Um, I think that part of it is that we were all trying to do it because of work and various different activities. So everybody's uh, tolerance for learning a new platform was lowered. You know, everybody was able to, was willing to try because we had no other choice. Um, but it worked well enough that I have, I've continued to do the, the virtual sessions. Um, I will say that I probably do more in-person than virtual at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is just because that's who has reached out to me. Um, it's not that I'm specifically trying to do more in-person or virtual. Actually, virtual is a little bit easier for me since there's no drive time involved. And so I can, I could see more people virtually uh, than in-person but I, I'm very much open to whatever it is that this particular person needs. That's what we're going to do. So Lindsay, when, when you've been talking about your interactions with customers, it's, you talk about it as a relationship because you're interacting with them, defining their vision, asking about what's important to them. Um, how long do these sessions typically take? And is it, you know, one or more sessions? Is it over several months? Or is that something you just decide with the client as you just, as they determine what their actual project is or goal? Yeah, it's it's a really tricky question to answer, um, which every single client wants to know <laughs> How long? answer before we get started. So yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the short answer is that it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm working with people, either in person or virtually, we do three hour sessions. I find that you go much longer than three hours and people hit that kind of decision fatigue wall and they're they're not making good choices. Yeah. So that's, that seems to be a good time frame for the work that we're doing. Some people are, um, they are highly motivated. They want to get the work done. They don't need my support from kind of the accountability perspective as much. So they're able to get some things done in between our sessions. I often will, will assign like homework. Um, but I would say nine times out of 10, my clients don't do the homework in between <laughs> sessions. And that's totally fine. I tell them up front don't be surprised if you don't get it done. If this is something that you could do on your own, you wouldn't need you me. Wouldn't need so it's okay it, yeah. if you can't get to it. But some people are able to get some things done in between sessions. The other thing that really influences uh, how long the process will be is how long it takes you to make a decision, hmm. which I think we don't realize that that is something that varies wildly among people. Some, some people say, okay, I've got this vision in my mind. I know what we're doing. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to make decisions and I I'm clear on what I'm doing and I'm going to be able mm. to keep going. And other people find that it is an emotional choice, every single thing that they pick up and it takes longer. And that is not a bad thing. That is just what their process is. Whatever works for you is what we should do. But it does mean that for some people we're able to get through their home fairly quickly. And for others, it takes significantly longer. So I'd say, um, probably the fastest client that I ever worked with. Um, it was a, a single woman professional who lived in a three bedroom home, which was actually relatively tidy to start with. Mm. And it took us, I want to say six sessions, seven sessions to, to accomplish her work. And she was again, highly motivated. It took less than a month for us to do all of that work. Then I have on the flip side, I've got a client right now who I'm about to go into my second year of working with her. And we've probably done 30 or 40 sessions at this point. And it just takes her a lot longer, but she is making permanent change in her life. And that's important. And if that is what it takes for her to do that work, I'm happy to be with her along that journey. So it really just depends on the client and what they're trying to, trying to accomplish. 
Can, can you give me some examples of, of what kind of organization projects you help people with? Like sometimes maybe when, is it when people are preparing for a move or just, is it just organization in general or what, what kind of things, what kind of things do you work on with them? Yeah. So the Kamari method really is intended to be kind of a, a, a whole home method. Um, okay. So I don't typically do the come and organize the garage kind of projects. <laughs> It's, you know, we're, we're, I am not there just to take all of the things that you own and put them neatly into boxes. That's mm -hmm. not my goal. That's just not the kind of work that I'm doing. I'm helping people with, again, identifying what it is that they want and then using that as a metric for everything. So it really is a process of doing the entire home. But when people call me, that does vary a little bit. Um, so I have had people say that they are either moving or they're planning on moving at some point in the next year or so and they want to kind of get a hold of this before that happens i always try to tell people if moving is the thing that is making you make this decision please work with me before you move don't don't hmm. move and then call me um because there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to move you know we will declutter it don't bother paying to move the things let's let's get rid of them first so um that is often a time I've also had people who are going through different life transitions mm -hmm. who call me. So it might be that they are now an empty nester and they're not sure what to do with this space and, and how their home functions has changed drastically when there are no children in the house or uh, in preparation for a new baby is kind of another side of it. Oh, it's yeah. the, oh, we've got to really rethink how everything works. And the, the, the projects that we have been holding on to for years saying we were going to get to, we're definitely not getting to now, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but then I, I would say that honestly, the majority of my clients aren't going through any specific thing. They have just hit a point where enough is enough yep. and whatever that looks like for them. It is, I have put the mail in the jelly on the kitchen <laughs> counter one too many times. I need help to, to figure this out. It's the, I cannot pull my car into the garage and I haven't been able to for four years and I've had it. I want my car in the garage by winter. So it's oftentimes it's more about they have reached a point where they're willing to make change, that they're seeking change. And that's the catalyst for them calling me. Um, one of the goals of, of this podcast is really to help people feel more at home in their own living space, whether that's a house or mobile home or tiny home or RV or whatever. Um, how can a well-organized house make people feel more at home where they're living, do you think? Yeah, uh, I think that one of the things that for me personally is really important to preface this mm -hmm. <laughs> with is that um, I, I love watching all of the organizing shows on TV just as much as everybody else. You know, the, the whole put the books in the rainbow order and get all the matching bins in the pantry. Like it's fun to watch that. Sure. It is very important to acknowledge it's reality TV. It's not reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think lots of people say, oh, well, I'm going to have a better life in my home if it is well organized because it's going to look good. Sure. And that, in my opinion, is the exact opposite of what you should be looking for as far as organizing. When you live in a home that is well organized, that means that the things that you are using on a regular basis are easy to get to. The things that you love looking at are on display. They're not in some box somewhere. The things that are... Um, exciting for you in your life as far as like hobbies and things like that go there is space for them in your life they're not cluttered in a corner but there is very specific intentional 
this is where this lives because it's important to me and it's important that it has a home in my home. So really thinking through how you use the space and why you're using it that way, those are the things that will help you get to a place where your home feels like your home Mm. because it's highly personalized, highly customized. I might walk into somebody's home that is perfectly organized and they feel miserable because it's just in pretty bins and it's stuff that they don't need. On the flip side, you might walk into someone's home and you go, it feels a little bit cluttered in here. There's just like a lot of stuff. Yeah. But when you start to get really deep down into it, every single thing has a place for a reason and it gets used for a specific purpose. The aesthetics are not necessarily important unless that's something that is important to you Mm -hmm. personally the aesthetics, what everybody else sees when they come to your house doesn't matter. It's what you see when you're in your house. That's important. It has to feel like it makes sense to you. It has to feel like the things that are important are top priority for the space as well. And so that, that will help you get to a place where the organization of your home supports what you want in Mm. life. I would think that has the potential to also have a positive impact on relationships in the home. I'm curious, do you, do you sometimes work with partners or, or married couples or is it usually just one person? Uh, so lots of times it's one person, but I, I do work with couples as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that the thing I have found the most fascinating about working with couples is that um, we don't do this process together. That is not the goal. This is a very highly individualized personal process but two people can be on their own independent journey in tandem. Okay. And so when I'm working with a couple, I'm very clear to make sure that I know what this person's ver- vision for their life is and what this person's vision for their life is. And those are things that we have identified solo. That is not something they have done together. Okay. However, when you are working with people who are in a relationship that is a good relationship, it's a functioning relationship, their independent visions will be complementary. And I think that that is just so fascinating that you may have your own specific thing that you are trying to do, but the thing your partner is trying to do supports it. The two of you are able to have your own independence while also being together as a unit and those things support each other. So I think it really shows kind of the strength of the method is that you you can be your own person and also still be a part of a relationship, a family, and have it all function together, even though your own vision is still your own personal vision. So it's, it's just kind of a beautiful process from oh, my perspective. Sounds like it could be a really positive outcome of going through this process. Well, listen, I want to be, we're nearing the end of our time. I want to be respectful of your time. And thanks again for, for joining us today. It's been really interesting. Um, I close each episode with the same question and it's pretty simple. What is it that makes you feel most at home? Honestly, and this is going to be a silly answer, but it's the books that you see behind me. Really? Um, I, I love to read. It's been something I have enjoyed my entire life. It's always been my primary hobby. Um, and I have found that when I don't, don't have books in my home, it feels like my home is dead. Ah. Uh. It's just books bring things to life. I love going to other people's homes and just looking at what's on their shelves because you kind of get a little window into who they are when you see sure. what's on their bookshelf. Um, 
And, and so that's, that is something that makes my home be my home. It's, it's, it's a part of my soul up on a shelf for everybody to be able to enjoy, but myself, especially. Um, so, so yeah, I've got, you know, there are books in every room of my house in some way, shape or form, and they just make me happy, um, to be so able to have that. Somebody might say, oh, well, gosh, you've got so many books. Isn't that cluttered or whatever, but those are things that are important to you. That's, exactly. that's part of who you are, right? Yeah, I think that a lot of people confuse um, the idea of getting organized and decluttering with minimalism, Yes, which those things are complementary. And if you are somebody who is interested in minimalism, this method works fantastic for you. However, you don't have to be a minimalist in order to be intentional about the way that you're living your life. And so that, and Marie would support that. I think there's, there was this meme that went around online <laughs> that Marie says you should only own 30 books, which she never said. Um, and in fact, Marie would say that if a thousand books are what sparks joy for you, then keep them with joy. Don't feel guilty about that. Enjoy them. Let have that a, have a, a beautiful library. Vision. Yeah. Have a beautiful library like, like you do in your home. Um, exactly. Wow. Well, this has been really interesting. And I, I really appreciate Lindsay, you taking time out to join us today and, um, just thanks so much. Absolutely. It's great talking with you. If you're interested in connecting with Lindsay and learning more about her work, check out her website, getorganizedyall.com. I'm including a link in the show notes and on the resources page of our podcast website, homewhereyoubelong.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chip Alford, and this is Home Where You Belong. We want to help you continue experiencing that feeling of being at home wherever you are. So please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and visit our website at homewhereyoubelong.com. Want to join in on discussions, ask questions, or share feedback and ideas? Join our Facebook group, visit us on Instagram, or send an email to chip at homewhereyoubelong.com. We'll see you next time. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.